thank you for joining me for another weekly update. I'm so encouraged. I had one of the funnest times I've had uh, in the last two and a half months, almost three months uh, during this pandemic, which isn't saying much because it's been pretty downer time, right? But uh, this past Sunday night, I was on a Zoom call with about 50 people from our church, 50 of those that took our secret church uh, session, our first one, online. And then we jumped on Zoom to cap off the two weeks of learning, just to hear what God had been uh, teaching each of us about the Old Testament and uh, to share with each other, encourage each other. And then we spent time interceding. Uh, for our church, for the church, for the nations, and uh, it was really powerful, really encouraging time. Great to actually see faces. Um, also, that last week we we uh, started communicating more about what uh, a path forward will look like for uh, phased reengagement at Central. Right, how we get from uh, where everyone was. Uh, really isolated to their own households for a number of weeks. And we're in a transition now to what we would call maybe you know, sort of a phase two, if that's phase one. Phase two to, you know, the ability to meet in small groups, to have a close circle that you interact more with. We're seeing the opening of restaurants while also keeping distancing measures and uh, more stores so that we're seeing that loosening happening. And so we unraveled a bit more or rolled out, I should say, a little bit more of what it looks like in phase two, this this time we're in now at Central before getting to someday back to phase three, Lord willing, uh, where we could meet uh, openly and in as large groups as we wanted, uh, meet on Sunday weekend gatherings at Central, uh, like we always did. And so, um, yeah, we've, our elders have decided that this is a time to continue to do online services for that weekend service component. Because of all the restrictions that are still in place, it simply just will not look anything like the gatherings we're used to. No communion, uh, no singing unless we're spaced enough uh, with everyone wearing masks and things like that. No kids ministry, no mingling in the foyer. And so um, because of those challenges, needing to cleanse every surface uh, between gathering of 50 after 50 after 50 um, just didn't seem doable right now. That being said, our life groups, I've heard from a number of our life groups, are starting to meet uh, distanced mainly outside at someone's place, but out in the yard, connecting together, being uh, face-to-face again, which has been a huge encouragement. I want you to know also that we are exploring some creative avenues uh, to gathering and even to having singing. Um, And so we're looking at some creative options for gathering small groups of the church in creative ways. Uh, We need to do it wisely. We need to do it well. We need to document every person that would participate, uh, ordered to do that, so that if there were some sort of an outbreak, we would have the contact info of everyone and be able to source all that out. And so those are the challenges we face, uh, but they're not insurmountable challenges. The gospel continues to go out. Our church continue to uh, meet, uh, I'm doing air quotes, meet on Sundays. 
Um, we are doing online theology classes and connecting over Zoom um, to debrief those. Life groups are meeting. Our Help in Time of Need initiative continues to reach and help people in the community with the practical love of Jesus. These are really, really encouraging things. So hang in there. You're doing great. And, uh, and we're going to get through all of this. On a more discouraging note, it has been incredibly sad to witness what has unfolded in the last week or so, uh, primarily in the U.S., although uh, protests, uh, peaceful protests from what I've seen, uh, have been taking place in Canada as well. Um, this is in follow-up to um, the killing of George Floyd in the video that went viral, and it has stoked the fire of uh, systemic injustice and racism uh, that's been a challenge for centuries, um, hundreds of years in the States specifically, and of course is relatively timeless. And so these are challenges that our world is facing right now, and it's also an opportunity for us to just clarify um, the things that are really most important for Christians to be reminded of in times like these. There is this incredibly important belief in Christianity that, that we believe all people are made in the image of God and therefore are of intrinsic value and are worthy of dignity. And so because that's true, um, it's important that peaceful protests are able to happen so that those who feel voiceless and those who feel like they are facing injustice can um, sound the alarm on that. And at the same time, whenever protests turn into riots where people are harmed or killed, Again, there's that view that all people are made in the image of God and therefore are of intrinsic value and worthy of dignity. This is just so, so critical. And so I, I just finished writing an article um, that's up on our blog. It's called Three Responses. I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking that you consider three gospel responses to racism and implementing them in your own life right now that we wouldn't waste um, the pain and those giving voice um, to prejudice and racism in our society and uh, a look in at the opportunities to become um, a more loving people. And so the way I invite you to embody these three gospel responses uh, to systemic racism is, first of all, to recognize that it's a time to listen to minority voices. This is a time to listen to minority voices in order to learn and genuinely empathize with the experience of minorities. Secondly, and I write more about that, but I'm just giving you a brief overview here. Secondly, it is a time for personal and corporate repentance. I think we, we pass the buck sometimes because we, we consider ourselves to be innocent. But the Bible tells us that actually our hearts naturally are deceptive and dark and destructive. And so what that means is that my thoughts and actions aren't void of prejudice. 
And thinking that they are actually perpetuates the problem because we don't do any deep heart work. We don't do any introspection when we assume we have no part in this. And so I invite you to let the searchlight shine on your heart. And, and as you watch uh, heartbreaking scenarios unfold uh, in the news and over social media, as that searchlight shines on areas of your heart and reveals sin, I want to invite you to repent of it. And this is a time for our church and the church more broadly to repent and to seek the healing and the reconciliation of the nations. Third, this is a time for personal and corporate lament. Just as the, the pandemic was hitting and affecting our our in-person gatherings, we were in the middle of the Book of Lamentations. Um, and we were learning the language of lament as a church. A third of the Psalms are personal and either personal or corporate lament. And so if you're grieving... Um, with some of the sights that you're seeing these days, if you're grieving pain, if, if there is fear, um, lament is a prayer language where you can come to God and ask, where are you and why is this happening? It's also corporately a, a way of, of groaning and crying out to God uh, as well. And so I just invite you, this is a time for personal and corporate lament. You know, Revelation chapter 7 paints a picture of heaven, the new heaven and the new earth. And it says something fascinating in it, and I'm going to read it to close our time. Um, but before I do, you know, Jesus also says in the Lord's Prayer, Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as you catch this, this vision of heaven, I invite you to also put into practice the Lord's Prayer of seeing God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That you, Christian, that you would pursue here what will be your reality there. So let me read to you as I close this little update uh, from Revelation chapter 7, starting in verse 9. And after this, I, the Apostle John, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, that's Jesus, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne, and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. We'll talk to you again next week, Central.